Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast called When I'm High. Uh, this is not about when I'm high. My subjects say when I'm high. That's why it's called When I'm High. And today, I have a new subject with me. Uh, her name is Nat, or, or Natalie, whatever she prefers, and she has a podcast called Stoned and Social. So I'm going to pass it over to her and let her, you know, give tell you a little bit more about her, what is important to know about her. Take it away, Natalie. Hi, Spencer. Thanks for having me on the show. I That was a perfect introduction. I don't even know what to add to it. Um, I'm Natalie, and I do run a weekly podcast called Stoned and Social. It is exactly what it sounds like. We are here to support the use of cannabis for a lot of mental expansion and inner growth and just really thoughtful rambling, as we like to call it. We talk about everything from love to relationships to pop culture to current events. And then, of course, we talk about munchies because you can't can't be stoned without munchies. Yeah, I actually uh, commented on one of your recent posts because you have a, was it munchies of the week? <laughs> yeah, we have a munchie of the week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I commented because there is a, there's a, uh, a very savory, um, I was going to call it a dish. It's not a dish. It's a, it's a, like a chip practically um, that I've had a couple of times. I haven't had it in a while, but they're these dang, D-A-N-G is the, the company and they're these like coconut mm-hmm. Thai chili sriracha something things that are oh oh my god they are amazing sounds perfect yes yes and we're always looking for more um munchies we're always asking people to give us options for munchies because otherwise we'll just we'll just eat bad stuff so we try to integrate like some interesting stuff into what we're doing so that sounds right up our alley i'm I'm sure one of us will enjoy having that as a munchie oh yeah and and you say we do you have a a co-host a regular co-host I do. I have a co-host who's been with me for a few episodes. Her name is Natalie also, so that's Mm. always fun for us. And um, I think she might be more of like a stoner than I am. I feel like I'm a faux stoner sometimes because I only do it for my podcast and then like on the weekends. But otherwise, I'm pretty much sober most of the time. So, but I'm pretty sure she's a daily smoker. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, it's good to have balance, I think, for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. You do seem very knowledgeable, though. I've I've heard a number of episodes, and you you're very knowledgeable about the subject, which we will we'll get into get into a little bit of that later on when I'm when I start interviewing you. Sweet, yeah. I'm I'm one of those geeks who, if I'm going to do something, I want to know everything that I can know about it, and so I spent a lot of time researching, especially before I started the podcast, because. As we know, cannabis has a stigma about it, and so I wanted to be educated, more educated than I felt I was. Yeah, there's a lot to learn about it. There's a lot that we as a society and a culture are learning about it every day, um, Mm -hmm. especially here in America, because I know in places like Israel, they're way far, way more advanced than we are in their studies, and we are really, really sorely lacking in that. So (laughs) we'll get there. We'll get there. Well, fingers crossed. Yes, yes. So we are going to get into your history and your experiences with cannabis. So my first question is, um, can you, and this is a very typical first question, can you tell me the first time you tried cannabis and if it wasn't the first time that it got you stoned, can you also tell me about the first time you got stoned? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's actually kind of sad and like <laughs> I was one of those students and 
teenagers who like I was a rebellious kid but I had limits and so all my friends were smoking pot but I didn't want to go there yet I kept being like no like it's not really my thing and so finally I got talked into it while we were camping um we were camping behind a friend's house and everyone was smoking and I think it's important to note that at this point I had tried smoking cigarettes in my life two times in my life and I had just died because I didn't know how to inhale. So I was just holding all the smoke in my mouth. And so on this experience, when we were all smoking while we were camping, I did the same thing. And so I don't think I actually got high. I was like 17 or 18 and I was just holding the smoke in my mouth and all my friends, you know, 20, 30 minutes later, they're like, oh my God, this is so awesome. This is so cool. Do you see all this? And I don't want to feel stupid. So I was like, oh yeah, man, the sky is getting crazy, but Mm -hmm. nothing had happened to me. I didn't feel, I didn't really feel anything like at best I felt slightly dizzy and so everyone's having a great trip and I'm like oh I guess weed just doesn't work for me that was my takeaway weed doesn't work for me so a couple of years later I ended up trying an edible okay because I hate smoking and I have asthma and my friend was like you should try this and I was like I'm not sure I can get high I tried before and it didn't work and I tried the edible after everyone was like you have to at least try the edible I was like okay And oh my God, I got ridiculously stoned off of my ass. I didn't mean to. I hadn't even taken that much. I was just very sensitive to it. And I'm still very sensitive to cannabis. So even though I love cannabis and I use it regularly, I have to be careful with how much I use because I get stoned very easily. And so for me, that was a great first experience. I've not really had too many experiences where it's been bad. You know, there's been some where I've gotten too high, but that's my own negligence. It's not anything wrong with cannabis. I just wasn't doing it right. But other than that, like that was my first time actually getting stoned. And I, I immediately thought I can see why people do this. This is pretty cool. This is awesome. Yeah. Do you, do you know how much of the edible that you actually did have? Well, with the knowledge that I have now, I believe that I'd had like 25 milligrams Oh, wow. And and then I'd had just a little bit more. I like someone had shared a piece of their brownie with me. And so like for a beginner who maybe that was my third time or second time ever getting high, that was totally way too much for me. And even now when my friends want to get crazy and they're like, we're just going to have a blitzed out weekend, et cetera. You know, I max out at like 75. That's it for me. I'm pretty much high for two days if I do 75 milligrams. So that was way too much for me on my first or second try. Yeah, that's that's a lot. Um, and then uh, that first time, oh, uh, the it seems very typical for most people because learning how to smoke in that way, um, for people who have never done it before, that seems like a very common thing that people have where, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Well, that's because you're not doing it right. And if, you know, if your throat and your lungs are virgin to that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hard. Yep, exactly. It's, It's very hard. And I guess especially because I had never really smoked anything, not just, not just weed, but I hadn't smoked cigarettes properly. I just had no concept of what it meant to like actually inhale something. And so for me, I was like, you just take the smoke in and then you hold it and then you blow it out. But that it's, it's much more nuanced than that. And so that's why even now I, I gravitate towards edibles or like what I had today was tea. I like to do things that I don't have to smoke or mix up. Yeah. I was actually just going to ask you what, what's your preferred method these days? Uh, but you said you have asthma. So yeah, smoking doesn't seem yeah. like a good option. 
I have a really nice vape pen that doesn't seem to aggravate my asthma and I don't really use it that much. It's just kind of if I'm on the go and I don't feel like getting out candy or whatever else, then I do that. But my absolute preferred way to consume cannabis is always going to be ingesting it in some way. And so I, anytime I see something that's new, that's, I got, I've got to try it. I like gummies and teas and candies and brownies and cookies. And I like it in honey and sugar. And I've just seen it in so many things. I, I love that it's so versatile. It's very fun to see what, what can be um, THC influenced now. Yeah, it's pretty amazing for for those of us in the states that can, when you go to the dispensary, Mm -hmm. it's amazing to see all the different types of things. I mean, I I think I saw like a ranch packet or a French (laughs) onion soup packet or something. And there's like tonics and seltzer water and hot chocolate mix and all these different things. Yep. There's pretty much everything. If you can eat it and you can, you can, you can put THC in it. And I make some of my, you know, goodies when I'm bored. I got this really amazing gift from someone and it's, it's called the magic butter machine. I've heard about it. And it takes, it takes all of the work out of everything you need to do. And you just put the weed in it. It decarbs it. It does everything. Um, it separates it. And then you're left with all the amazing butter that you can put into anything. But my favorite feature about it is that it has these crazy like rave lights on the top of it. And I kept being like, what is this? What does this mean? Because it has to go for hours. And so we're looking in the manual and like it literally was like, this is just to keep you entertained. And I I love that they thought of that. They were like, there's going to be stoners using this. We need to make sure to keep their attention, make these crazy lights flash for three hours. It's the only way they're going to remember it. (laughs) Yeah, they're really playing to their audience there. (laughs) Absolutely. So it sounds like edible. Oh, and you mentioned tea. Mm-hmm. Um, is it is it put? How do you do? You, do you actually put it in the tea, like with the honey, or is it in tea packets? Yeah, it's in tea packets. So today, what I have is something called um, uh, Kikoko, and it's a tea that's already been blended in everything, and so the THC is already in it. So this one's got ten milligrams of THC and five milligrams of CBD. It's supposed to be soothing, also while keeping you alert. But it looks like a normal tea bag, and you brew it according to the instructions, and then you've got it in your tea. That's. Awesome. And if you're a tea drinker anyway, that's really convenient. Um, I think that's actually a perfect, um, a perfect way because back in the day, how many, you know, 100 years ago or something, tea was actually one of the terms that they would use that they used to call cannabis. They Mm -hmm. they called it tea. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all about any of the natural ways to do it. I love, I love the natural ways that they've incorporated it. Definitely. So how often, I mean, my question is, how often do you smoke pot? But you, it sounds like you rarely smoke it. So how often do you consume it? I consume pot anywhere from two to three times a week, but usually about two times a week, usually once for my podcast and then once on the weekend. And then in between that, I don't really do anything. Sometimes I'll use my pin, but the pin doesn't have the same effect on me as I feel the edibles do. So it's usually about two times a week. Okay. And other than your podcast, um, and I may have totally been spacing, is there something <laughs> certain that happens or is there um, is there some reason that you decide, okay, now is a good time to get high? 
it's usually just at the end of the week so that I can sort of relax. I'm one of those type A people. And at night, I'm making lists of things that I need to do for the next day and the next day and so forth. And so for me, it is one of the surefire ways that isn't, you know, a prescription medication. I don't like taking things for anxiety. This seems to do the trick and it's natural. That sort of helps slow me down and gets me into a place where I'm chill. And sometimes I produce some of my best work while I'm stoned. You know, if I get a spark of genius, so to speak, on the weekend when I'm stoned, then I just go with it. You know, I write articles or I outline next week's podcast or I'm writing emails. But for me, for whatever reason, it has a dual effect where it's it's calming me, but also I'm able to focus more. That is actually a perfect segue into one of my questions, which is how does your level of focus change? Yeah, so it, it you know I've got a sweet spot. As long as I don't over go over that threshold, I'm totally able to focus. And for me, that seems to be about ten to fifteen milligrams. Once I get past fifteen milligrams focus is out the window and now you've got giggly and natalie who's stuck on youtube looking up really stupid videos about mm-hmm. stuff it's just but but i know where that is now and so that's been really helpful for me because before i didn't have that knowledge and so i would go into it and i'd be like well i don't know if i'm gonna be able to do stuff or if i'm just gonna like totally just get stupid and binge watch you know love is blind i don't know what's gonna happen and so now i feel like i have a good handle on that and it's good for me for my own self-knowledge yeah, there was probably a lot of trial and error to <laughs> to get to that point. Yeah, yeah, a lot of error. <laughs> <laughs> any, any funny stories that come to mind? Oh goodness! So, so again, like I said, I I didn't smoke pot growing up as a teenager. I didn't. I tried it like eighteen, nineteen. That was it, and then I didn't touch anything for ten years. So I didn't start smoking again until about seven years ago. Is when I started to get back into cannabis because I realized it helped with my stress levels and it helped relax me. And so that's when I started getting really serious about it. Um, and I had a medical card in California, and so I was just all about discovering it. It felt like for the first time I was able to actually dive deep into something that had been really taboo and secretive, and you know, not really as regulated as it is now. And so once I started to get into that, I started to try, like I said, everything that I could. One of the things that we brought back were little, they were tiny little cookies, um, just little chocolate chip cookies. And my friend had gotten them from Colorado and she gave them to me as a gift. She's like, let's do this. I'm like, cool. I have I have cookies and they're, they're mini, they're mini little chocolate chip cookies. And I had two of them. And I couldn't remember if she said that two were 10 or if they were 10 each. Mm. So I wasn't paying attention. So I had two and then I couldn't remember if I had had two or just thought about having two. (laughs) And so I took two more. So I took two more. And this was the night before my husband's birthday. And so we're all sitting there and um, she asked me if I wanted a cookie. And I was like, yeah. And I started eating. She's like, wait, haven't you already had some cookies? And I was like, yeah, I have. She's like, how many? And I was like, I don't know. I think this is my third. And my husband's like, that is not your third. I'm pretty sure that's like your fifth cookie. And I was like, what? And I was like, shit, are you serious? And like, at that point, everyone's just laughing. They're like, oh, this is going to be totally stupid. And so I end up passing out, talking complete gibberish, um, trying to say I wanted to go home. And everyone was like, you can go home if you can get off the couch. Right. And I distinctly remember looking at everyone standing in front of me. And I was like, 
I'm standing up. Why are you guys looking at me? And everyone just laughs. They're like, Natalie, you have not left the couch. You were still on the couch. You've been on the couch for 20 minutes saying you're standing up. It was so hilarious. It was, it was one of those things where I was stoned the next day as well. So I don't actually remember all of my husband's birthday. I know that we went out and we had steak and we had cheesecake and that's kind of, that's kind of it. Um, it's probably like the second highest time I've ever been in my life. Does he have fond memories of that birthday? <laughs> um, he was he was stoned as well. Okay. Um, he was pretty stoned as well because this was part of his birthday gift for these cookies. Uh, we just didn't realize how strong they were. And um, he is an avid smoker. He's been smoking longer than I have. Um, and so I didn't think it was going to affect him as much as it did me. But he also got affected. And so he remembers the birthday because by the time we'd gotten there, he was like, most of it had worn off. But for me, I still was like totally out of it. So he remembers me being completely stupid that day and the day after. That's pretty funny. And yeah, you must be pretty stoned when you think you're standing up, but you're not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. It was, it was, I was totally way too stoned. Like I was just, I was way too stoned. So you, you're actually, because you've, you've done this, it sounds like sort of analytically, you said that you've been doing this a lot of trial and error, um, this, this thing, you're learning about this thing that was so taboo, you're kind of a perfect subject for this, um, because you've, it sounds like you've probably thought about the, a lot of these things that most people haven't. Um, mm -hmm. So how, how would you describe yourself when high, or how do you think other people would describe you when you're high? I think it's all about set and setting. And so for me, most people encounter me when I'm stoned. Um, usually when like, I'm very conscious about my cannabis use. So I no longer go in going, I'm going to have this many cookies and I'm not going to think about, I'm not going to remember. Now I'm very purposeful in how I consume cannabis and how much I'm doing. So a lot of the times, some people don't know I'm stoned. And I love that. I love when I can just hang out with people mm -hmm. and no one realizes I'm stoned. It's only when I go past that 15 milligram mark where people start to be like, oh, you're stoned. And usually that's because I'm more chill. I'm more random. My conversations are kind of going from one topic to another. Um, and it's usually followed by some weird creation I want to make food wise. I think <laughs> one of the last things I did was spaghetti tacos. And everyone was like, yeah, you're totally stoned. You're trying to make spaghetti tacos. And I was like, yeah, yeah. We're going to get into food more <laughs> later, but can you describe the spaghetti taco thing? And also, did you, does it have a name? Well, I mean, I wasn't very creative, so it was just spaghetti taco. Um, I had some leftover spaghetti, and I'd really been wanting tacos. And so I was like, what if I make taco meat? I put it in the spaghetti, and I put the spaghetti in the tacos. And I was, and my whole thing was like, it looks like a taco monster because now mm. it's got spaghetti legs coming out of it. And so it was pretty tasty. It was very tasty. I'm proud of myself. Yeah, you should be. Were these soft shell or hard shell? No, these are hard shell, always hard shell. I mean, I know some people have a preference for soft shells, but I'm I'm a crunchy taco kind of girl. I think you should call them spaghettacos. <laughs> That'd be great. Flying taco monster. I know someone said that to us as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I always love combining words and half the time it doesn't work, but I think spaghettaco actually works pretty Spag well. Spaghettaco. Okay. Yes, it is dubbed. Yes. Um, if that becomes the munchie of the week, I need to see a picture. <laughs> Absolutely. So when you when you first take a hit or I see it's different with edibles, mm -hmm. but I guess on, on the smoking side, um, how long does it 
take to kick in for you? And and what are some of the first things that you feel that you know that it's starting? So yeah, that's that's a good point that you that you bring up. Um, smoking, vaping, um, edibles, bong, etc. Those all are going to have different effects and different times and how they reach you. And so for me, when I smoke cannabis. I don't notice the effects as quickly. I know for some other people they do. But for me, when I'm having an edible, I usually have to wait about 20 to 25 minutes. And I can notice it because I start feeling really relaxed in my body. My face starts feeling more relaxed because I think I hold tension in my jaw, I guess. I'm always clenching my jaw. And I start to feel like I want to stretch out. When I'm smoking, I don't notice the effect until about 45 minutes. And for me, I have ascertained that this might be because I don't take as much when I'm smoking. I'm taking smaller hits of my vape pen versus having one complete dose in an edible. And so I don't feel the effects until about 45 minutes later. When I do do my vape pen, I've always picked a very specific strain for a specific reason. I don't really like doing the hybrid strains in the pen. So I'm either doing something that's going to get me focused, like I said, for my mind high, where I'm, I'm able to work and write and do all the things I need to do, or I'm going for that kind of body high where I'm feeling like super relaxed and kind of like how you feel after you receive a full body massage. That's kind of my favorite thing about it is the relaxation that washes over me. Yeah, that's nice. Well, it's interesting that you say that when you smoke it, it takes 40 to 45 minutes to kick in. But with an edible, you start to feel it in like 20 to 25. Mm -hmm. That seems kind of opposite for most people. Yeah, I know. Because I know that oral delivery is usually, you know, that's that's going to be the fastest way. But especially when you're smoking, that's going to be like sublingual kind of. And so I always expected that to get to me faster. But like I said, I think the reason may be because I'm not taking as big of hits yeah. from it as I could take because I have asthma. And so I don't ever want to like overpower my yeah. lungs with what I'm smoking. And so I think the smaller the smaller puffs are probably what's making it take longer for me. That's so interesting. And I think most people say, you know, at least 45 minutes to an hour for an edible. But yeah, it's, it's like half that time for you. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I also, you know, I talk, I know a lot of stoners and we all have our different ways. And I feel like people who do edibles regularly and maybe um, more than any other way of receiving cannabis, I think we kind of I don't want to say get used to it, but it, we're kind of ready for it. And I think our body kind of processes it a little mm. bit different. So I think I think it might be because I do edibles so much that I'm more susceptible to them. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, do you do anything? Um, I think I've heard different differing opinions on this. Do you make sure that you have some food in your system or water to um, to get it to go faster? Or do you have like a routine with that? I definitely notice the difference when I don't have food in my stomach versus when I do when I'm doing an edible because I do intermittent fasting two times a week. I try not to do edibles on those days because if I do, my 10 milligrams feels like 20 to mm. me. And so I like to have some some sort of small meal in my stomach before I get stoned, even if it's a piece of toast or whatever, because I know later on I'm going to eat like <laughs> I'm going to eat like crap. I try to make good decisions. When, but when you're stoned, you're stoned. And so um, I've gotten rid of a lot of junk food in my house so that when I am stoned, I only have healthy options. You know, I throw cheese on a lot of things now, but I have healthier options than before. 
That's very smart and very responsible of you. Not everybody can say that. I, I try to be, but then, you know, there's nights where I end up with spaghetti tacos, so right. you, you never know. <laughs> well, speaking of food, let's just talk about food. Yeah. How is your experience of the food different when you're high? And then, of course, you know, munchies. You could talk about munchies as well. Munchie, oh, oh, munchies are so good. Munchies are so good. So, you know, it's one of those things where I think, and from what I've, from what I've read on why things taste better when you're high, it's because the THC that's activated in your receptors in your brain give you a heightened sense of smell. And when that happens, that actually causes you to want to eat more because taste and scent are linked together. Mm -hmm. And so having that enhanced ability to smell like a slice of pizza or something is also going to make it taste better when you get to it because it smelled so good for you that when you finally get to taste it, it's linked in your brain now to that amazing smell. It's kind of like if you ever walk by any barbecue restaurant ever and you're like, oh, what's that smell? If you go have that barbecue food, it probably tastes amazing because it drew you in with its smell. Yeah. So because things smell and taste better, you know, do you have any specific examples of something that was like maybe you didn't like before and then when you got high and tried it, you really liked it or just any any like food stories? I'm just so curious about like what is the perception of the food and the taste and the Mm -hmm. experience of the food? How is that different? So I'm not really a sweets person. Like I'm a salty person. I'm a savory person. I love potato chips and and almonds and things of that nature. But when I'm stoned, if someone's baking something, if someone's if I have if I see cookies or I smell cookies or brownies or rice krispies or anything like that for some reason it's appealing to me then and i'm like oh yeah i'll try that when i do have it i find that it tastes more enjoyable than when it does when i'm not stoned and so i have i have an experience where sweet stuff is appealing to me when i'm stoned when i'm not stoned eh, i could take it or leave it so i find that interesting as well that is pretty interesting i wonder if there are other people like that i personally i love sweets all the time and I, I always find it so funny when people are like, I don't really care for sweets. I'm like, what? How do you, what? I, but I, I think live? I'm, right. I think I'm biologically like a child because I just love sweets so much. I understand. That's fine yeah. though. Everyone's got their vices. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so you like sweets more. Um, are there any other differences? Do you, um, do you tend to eat your food slower when you're high, do you enjoy it more or do you just chow it down? You know, I, it's funny that you said that. Cause I just mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Um, I usually get a craving for burgers when I'm stoned. I get a craving for protein, which is why I did the, the spaghetti tacos because I was really craving something hearty. And when I do get food, when I'm stoned, I feel like I'm able to enjoy it more. I'm not sure if I'm actually eating it slower or if I'm still just gobbling it down. But for me, the experience stays in my mind longer. And I, again, link that back to the smelling, the tasting, all of that is going to create a robust experience within my memory bank. Yeah, it's it's such, it's just the whole topic of this is just, I just find so interesting um, I want to backtrack a little bit to just sort of the the feeling of being high in general. Like at a very high level, what do you what do you think it feels like for yourself to be high? Oh man, I started smiling. So I mean, that means it feels good. Um, for me, I would say that being high feels like 
I have just woken up from the most amazing nap possible. It is one of those things where you feel like you've just gotten up and you're still in that sleepy state, but you know you've gotten like good sleep and so you're feeling really, really good. It's kind of like a euphoric, relaxed feeling. Um, again, I find it, it's it's incomparable to anything else other than, like I said, the closest I get to that is a massage. After you've gotten like a massage, professional massage, you kind of feel like, oh, you feel totally relaxed. And this is kind of the same for me. Have you actually ever had a massage while stoned? Mm-hmm, I have, and it is amazing. <laughs> it's <laughs> double amazing. <laughs> All right. Note taken. <laughs> yes. If you can, you should. I've actually been getting regular massages recently, which is something I've been wanting to do for years. Ooh. So, yeah. If, if you don't yeah. get massages, you should go get massages. They're worth it. You should. And I'm the thing is, I'm not one of those people who only likes to get. I'm a giver and receiver. Mm. And so, like, I love giving and receiving massages because I just think it's fun to manipulate people's bodies. And I think for a very brief time when I was out of high school and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I was like, maybe I'll be a massage therapist. And so I really like learning about the muscles and things like that. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, it's it's really educational. But then, you know, you can also mm-hmm. help people. Exactly. So moving subjects, changing subjects, uh, what is your sense Mm -hmm. of time like when you're high? You know, if, again, if I've hit my threshold and I'm I'm over that 15 milligrams, time is linear and doesn't exist to me. (laughs) I just can't. I can't keep up with what's going on. I'll look at the clock. I'll be like, wait, is it really? Um, And generally, I am a person who it doesn't matter where I'm at, what I'm doing, how long I've been doing something, I can probably tell you the time within 20 minutes. I'm usually, for whatever reason, my sense of time is really hard to knock off. But when I'm when I'm super stoned, when I'm getting stoned for fun, it's kind of one of those things where I don't really think about time. And that's great. It's, again, it's one of those things where like I feel less stressed because I'm not looking at the clock. I'm not thinking about what I have to do or where I have to go or et cetera. And so my sense of time when I'm when I'm really in my my flow with cannabis is, is there is no there is no sense of time. <laughs> there is no time. There is no time. It's just a concept. Yeah, time is interesting because uh, most people say that time uh, slows down for them, but there are those few people mm-hmm. who say time time speeds up. But I love hearing the answer. There is no time. It's just it's you. It's in the moment. Do you do you try and bring bring that to your to your sober life at all? I try as best as I can. So I'm a conscious life coach by profession. That's what I'm doing now. That's my latest endeavor. And it's really helped me when I do the guided meditations and my yoga and all of these other wellness things. I'm big on self-care and self-awareness is I try to really step out of the mindset of you have X amount of minutes to do this or this has to be done by this time because those sort of constraints add on anxiety and stress which I'm trying to get away from and so I try to take that you know with me and that's why I like the edibles that I do because I have little edibles that are like three or five milligrams that I can just pop if I want if I feel like you know I'm not focused or I'm feeling stressed I can just have that three or five milligram little mint and then you know, 15, 25 minutes later, I'm kind of in a different headspace where I'm not so, so stressed out about how much time I have left to do something. Yeah. And it sounds like at that level, you know, that's not going to do a whole lot for you because you're used to having more than that. 
Yeah. And, you know, as I always say, time is an illusion. I know it sounds cheesy, but time is only a reflection of change. And change is only measured by our own brains, how we've constructed a sense of time as we're going along with it. And so time isn't really real. It's something that we've created so that we can chronicle what we're seeing and what we're going through. Yeah, it's, we've, we've totally created this thing that we are now extremely mm-hmm. attached to. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you mentioned meditation. Do you mm-hmm. um, do you get high and then meditate? And what's that like, oh, and, you know, compared to when you meditate when sober? Right. So I'm all about mixing cannabis and meditation because I have a busy mind. As I said, I never, it never stops. It never stops. And I find general meditation very difficult. I find my mind wandering. I find that I am picking up a lot of other things that I don't want to hear. I just cannot get into the headspace that I want to get into. And so I decided to try because I really love meditation. I love the concept of it. I know the benefits of it. Um, I believe in them. I just have a hard time doing it myself. And so one of the first things I did when I started getting high regularly was try to do meditation. And it was amazing. And it continues to be amazing because as a beginner meditator, it was something that I had a hard time grasping, which was just being in the now and feeling everything now. And I don't have that problem anymore. And I'm actually able to now meditate a little bit easier when I'm not stoned as compared to before I started doing when I was stoned. And so that's been that's been like a helpful little benefit. And I'm hoping that I'll get to a point where I can feel the same effects of meditation sober from when I'm stoned. Yeah. So you're able to sort of remember what that feels like and then you can you mm-hmm. can bring that in. Yeah, that's interesting. Um what about creativity? That's obviously a big topic with cannabis. Do you feel like you're more or less creative or have you ever really thought about it? I'm a pretty like creative person in general, but because I'm able to focus more on the work that I'm doing, I feel like I'm able to be more creative. I've written several books for my company while stoned. Um, I've also written, you know, other guided meditations while I'm stoned. I seem to have an affinity for writing while I'm stoned. I'm very good at sitting down and just getting all the words out of me when I'm stoned. So I do find that um, CBD and THC combined is, is good for me when I'm trying to get that, you know, that creative flow going. And what, what, what are the books that you've written? So I wrote some self-help books for my company. And, um, one of the books I wrote was called cleansing a toxic relationship. And then the other one was about finding connections with other people. And you found that, writing while high actually helped you get a lot of stuff out there? Yeah, I mean, I had these ideas for these mini books that I wanted to write. I had the concept there. I wanted to create survival guides for people. And so I had the concept there. I had the outline. I just kept being like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to start. I don't know how I'm going to start. And I decided, you know, I'm going to get stoned and just, you know, sit with these blank pages and see what comes of it. And I was able to sit down and work continuously for about 16 hours. And I finished 
the first book in about 16 hours. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I know when I write stoned, I write stoned, I edit sober. That's my rule. And so I went back and I was like, wow, this is actually, this actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and these are things that I'd been thinking, but I just was overthinking them before I was stoned and wasn't sure how I was going to get them on paper. And so being stoned, help me release those blocks that I was keeping on myself from thinking, ah, you know, this isn't going to sound right, or this isn't exactly how I want it, et cetera. And so these have been some of my most favorite things that I've written and that are available for people. And um, I'm really proud of them. And so I've decided the, you know, I've got plans for two more that I'm only going to do them when I'm stoned. I'm going to sit down and have like a stoned writing session and kind of just go. I think it's so fascinating that that is you know, because you hear this from so many people, it's so fascinating that that actually happens, that it breaks down, like you said, some sort of barrier or wall and allows you to just let go. Yeah, it's definitely that release, you know, it's it's kind of like a lever. It's, you know, I, you feel it click. You don't realize that's what's happening. But I had the outline. I had the name of the book. I had the concept. So it didn't make sense what the hell was stopping me from actually writing it. And it was just me. I was stopping myself from writing it because I used to be an editor. And so I don't like editing my own stuff several times I feel like I lose what I'm trying to say I over edit and so for me I was trying to think of the perfect way to say things mm. the first time so I wouldn't have to edit as much when in reality I was just stopping myself from getting the words on the paper which is one of the most important things I know as a writer is to do is just get the words on the paper yeah I actually heard not too long ago because I'm not much of a writer but um, I've heard a great statement for writing which is writing is rewriting mm-hmm <laughs> yeah, that's that is great. Yes. Writing is rewriting. I like it. Yeah, because it's like once you get it down, then you that's the first step. That's the hardest step. And then you can go back and you can tweak it and change it to what it should mm -hmm. be. But getting it out on paper first is hard. Um, has has cannabis helped you with any specific writing blocks? Like not just the 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 starting of the process, but when you get stuck, does it help you with that? Yeah, you know, when I'm writing and I'm sober, um, I'm very focused. I, like I said, I'm type A. And so I don't want to get up. I don't want to walk around. I don't want to lose my train of thought. I don't want to walk away from what I'm doing. For me, I feel tethered to the desk. I'm like, oh, if I get too far away, I'm not going to want to do it. When I'm stoned, I'm able to write walk around, get something to eat, come back, have a new idea and build upon that. It's again, it's it removes so much of the anxious thinking that I think goes on in the background of our monkey minds that I'm able to just allow myself to be without judgment, if that makes sense. I know that sounds cheesy, but that's kind of, that's kind of how I feel. <laughs> I find a lot of things that sound cheesy are cheesy for a reason because they are actually true and we hear them all the time and that's why they're cheesy. I feel the same way. I say statements all the time or at least I think statements all the time that sound cheesy. I'm like, yeah, well, but it's true. So <laughs> deal with it. Yeah. So what? And it's, it's not broke. Yeah. It, it sounds like a lot of that, It's it comes down to focus. Like you, you're able to mm -hmm. be focused in a different way than you could before. So we are going to end part one there. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoy uh, part two coming next week. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, um, the Twitter handle is at when I'm high doc. Instagram is the same at when I'm high doc. I'm also on Facebook at canna doc, C-A-N-N-A-D-O-C. 
Um, also, email address, whenimhighdoc at gmail.com. If you would like to be a patron to help financially support this podcast, um, you can follow that as well. The info is in the, uh, the show notes. You can also search When I'm High on Patreon. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, and part two is coming next week. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.